You are listening to an episode of Dope with Lime, a production of the Lillian E. Smith Center at Piedmont University. Each episode of Dope with Lime explores the life, work, and legacy of Lillian E. Smith. Subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at LES underscore center. Twenty twenty marked the one hundredth anniversary of Laurel Falls Camp. Lillian Smith's father, Calvin, opened the camp in nineteen twenty, and it was the first private camp for girls in the state of Georgia. Miss Lil, as the campers called her, took over as the director of the camp in nineteen twenty five, when she returned from China due to her parents' ill health, and she ran the camp till it closed in nineteen forty eight. As director of Laurel Falls Camp, Smith shaped the lives of countless women both in the moment and in the future. The girls that went to the camp went on to grow into adulthood, relaying what they learned from Miss Lil to their own families. The camp has had a generational impact, shaping the lives of countless individuals. Initially, Smith didn't want to take over the camp, but as the years progressed, she came to see her role as camp director as a way to educate the campers and enact social change. Writing the counselors before the camp opened in 1932, Smith told them that the camp was much more than sports and activities. She said, Camp, a good camp, has progressed far from the old idea of a summer camp of sports. Unless we produce behavior changes in our children, we have done nothing. Unless we take the most scrupulous care of our children's health and safety, we are failing the trust which parents have in us. For Miss Lil, Behavior changes involve much more than whether or not the campers obeyed their parents, got good grades, or adhered to the social standards of the time. The changes involved questioning the myths that supported the social standards, the myths that told them they were superior to others based on their skin color. She wrote to William Haygood, the director of the Division of Fellowships for the Julius Rosenwald Fund, in 1941, about the impact that she hoped the camp would have on both those who attended it and the future generations. She told Haygood, I sometimes think perhaps our work with girls who will someday be the women leaders of the South may be of some definite value. We have this year, as usual, worked on many genuinely interesting projects with them in racial relationships, and there is always up here much discussion of the South and its problems. The girls at the camp would partake in the typical camp activities, such as horseback riding, tennis, swimming, and other typical outdoor activities. They would also talk about various topics, ranging from poetry, music, and literature, to psychology, sex, and race. Smith encouraged the campers to discuss everything, and they did. In this process, she learned, as she wrote to an English teacher in 1959, more from the campers than from psychologists and child specialists, because I tried not to put barriers between me and them, and we talked about everything. Our bodies, sex, death, life, God, our parents, hate, love, fear, anxiety, guilt, and beauty. These discussions worked, as Smith noted again and again, to help campers build bridges to others. Writing to the counselors before the start of the camp in 1946, she stressed to them the importance of helping campers grow physically, psychosexually, socially, intellectually, and creatively. She pointed out that discussions of religion, race, and segregation cause friction between individuals, but they are important and work towards social growth. 
a growth outward to other people, as she said, that leads to accepting others and identifying ourselves with their needs. In Children Talking, a piece she wrote for the October 1945 issue of Progressive Education, Smith shows the process and results of the pedagogy she deployed at Laurel Falls Camp. The essay is a conversation between Miss Lill and the campers. They talk about sex, religion, race, and the world. They talk about the bombs that murdered countless individuals in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. One camper asked, If we had been in Hiroshima at a summer camp with other children, that bomb would have fallen on us. Smith simply replied, Yes. Another camper pointed out that the children, just like those at the camp, had nothing to do with the war and that the actions didn't, quote, seem quite fair. Miss Lill sat with the children, talking about how to build bridges across the world to people in Hiroshima and elsewhere. And she eventually told them, sometimes geography and distance make it easier not to care. The distance between individuals could be across oceans or only a few miles away. After the murders of George and May Dorsey and Roger and Dorothy Malcolm in Monroe, Georgia in 1946, Miss Lill and the campers discussed the lynching. Smith wrote to the campers' parents in a newsletter about those conversations and how the campers asked if the couples had children and, quote, how those children are feeling and who are looking after them. They asked if the children would grow up to be good citizens and how they felt about America. These were tough questions to answer, and Smith worked to answer them both at the camp and in her writing. After 28 years, Laurel Falls Camp closed. Smith's writing, and perhaps her fears about the reaction of parents to the forthcoming publication of Killers of the Dream in 1949, led her to cease operations of the camp. The decision, as she noted, did not come easily, and she reiterated the importance of what campers learned and the impact those lessons would have on future generations. She would write, I hope that the idea of Laurel Falls will not die. I want to believe that we have started the chain reaction of dreams that will go on touching child after child in our South. Laurel Falls Camp has not died. Even though the camp closed in 1948, its memory remains. The impact of what Miss Lil and others accomplished on Old Screamer Mountain echoes through the years. Someone told me recently that on two separate occasions, while looking at a newspaper in the airport, that she read the obituaries of two women who pointed to the impact that Laurel Falls Camp had on their lives. I've talked with former campers who've said the same thing. I spoke with one former camper who, even though she only went for four weeks out of the eight-week camp in 1943 and went to another camp after her mother read Strange Fruit and told her never to speak Miss Lil's name in the house again, this camper told me about the impact that Miss Lil and the camp had on her even in that short period. Here at the Lillian e. Smith Center, we're working to connect with former campers or their families to hear about their time at the camp and the impact that it's had on them. If you or someone you know went to the camp, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at lescenter at piedmont.edu.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Dope with Lime. Did you enjoy this episode? Have thoughts? Use the hashtag Dope with Lime on social media or get in touch with us at lescenter at piedmont.edu. You can learn more about living at East Smith and the center by visiting www.piedmont.edu backslash les.